John G. Lake, page 358, chapter 31, the Articles. Some modern evangelists have degraded divine healing by making it a teaser to bring those desiring of healing under the sway of their ministry. Jesus healed both saint and sinner to the dismay of his apostles who had not yet grown to the soul stature of Jesus. They reported to Jesus, We saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him because he followed not us. Jesus replied, Forbid him not, for no man can do a miracle in my name and speak lightly of me. Mark nine thirty-eight and 39. He met a man at the pool of Bethsaida, a paralytic. This man did not ask for healing. Jesus went to him and said, Will thou be made whole? Here Jesus is asking for the privilege of healing the sufferer. He healed him. His love compelled it. Next day Jesus met the healed man in the temple and said, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. John 5, 1-14 Jesus' action is a perpetual rebuke to the priest's craft who endeavored to use the possibility of the individual's healing as a means to force him into the church. The outgushing of his love for the world burst out bounds, and four times he healed multitudes. But some say this was Jesus. No apostle had such an experience. When Peter went down the street as the evening shadows fell, when his shadow reached across the street, they brought the sick that his shadow might overshadow them. Acts 5.15 The clear inference is that they were healed. Acts 5.16 James, writing to the twelve tribes scattered abroad, not the little groups of Jews constituting the kingdom of the Jews, but the whole body of the nation of Israel scattered throughout the world, both the ten tribe kingdoms and the two tribe kingdoms shouts, If anyone's sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, not prepare him for death, but that he might be healed. If he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. James five fourteen and 16. Healing was the evidence of God's forgiveness, heaven's testimony that their sins were remembered no more. Take the shackles off God, enlarge our theologies to Christ's standard, and the world will love and worship him forever. Article 7. Jesus created miracles in succoring ill. Jesus not only healed sick, but performed a creative miracle on the man born blind, John 9. Being born blind is a self-evident that the eyes were not a finished creation. Otherwise, he would have seen. The narrative reveals that the man did not know who Jesus was. Jesus did not make himself known until after the miracle had been performed. Let us analyze the incident. Jesus discovers the man born blind, verse 1. He spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. Why? Because Jesus was a fundamentalist. The story of creation in Genesis says that God made man out of the dust of the earth. Jesus, in finishing the creation of the eyes, adopted the same method. He stooped down, took up some dust, spat on it, and put it on the blind man. That is not healing. That is a work of creation. 
In 2 Corinthians 12, it is said that in distributing the gift of the Spirit to the members of the church, one was given the gift of healing, to another the working of miracles. Healing is the renewal of the body from diseased conditions. A miracle is in the creative order. The case of the blind man was an exercise of creative authority, not the restoration of diseased tissue. The man was made whole. The grouchers made their kick. The Pharisees examined the man and asked, Who healed you? He answered, I know not. Then they asked, What do you think of him? He replied, He is a prophet. Later, Jesus found him and said to him, Thou didst believe on the Son of God? The man replied, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe on him? Jesus answered, I that I speak unto thee am he. The struggle of the centuries have been to free the soul of man from narrow interpretations. Jesus has something been made to appear as a little bigot, sometimes as an imposter. The world is still waiting to see him as he is. Jesus the magnificent, Jesus the spiritual giant, Jesus the compassionate, Jesus the dynamic, the wonder of the centuries. Take the shackles of God, let him have a chance to bless mankind without ecclesiastic limitations. As a missionary, I have witnessed the healing of thousands of Africans. Thus was Christ's love and compassion for a lost world revealed. And thus the writer was assisted in the larger vision of a world redeemer whose hands and hearts are extended to God's big world. And every man, saint and sinner, is invited to be whole and love him. Article 8. <clears throat> are Jesus' healings instant? Continue. In one of the letters received from the readers, this question is asked. Why are not all persons healed instantly as Jesus healed? The writer of this letter is mistaking in thinking that Jesus always healed instantly. <clears throat> A case in point is the healing of the ten lepers. As they went, they were cleansed. The healing virtue was administered. The healing process was became evident later. Again, Jesus laid his hands on a blind man, then inquired, What do you see? The man replied, I see men as trees walking. His sight was still imperfect. Then Jesus laid his hands on him the second time, and he saw clearly. Healing is by degree, based on two conditions. First, the degree of healing virtue administered. Second, the degree of faith that gives action and power to the virtue administered. The word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Hebrews 4.2 it is clearly evident to students of divine healing that sometimes the Spirit of God is ministered to the sick person to a degree that he is manifestly supercharged with the Spirit. Just as a person holds a galvanic battery until the system is charged with electric force, yet no real and final healing takes place until something occurs that releases the fate of the individual. A flash of divine power is observed. A veritable explosion had taken place in the sick person, and the disease is destroyed. The tangible of the Spirit of God is the scientific secret of healing. A diseased woman followed Jesus in a crowd. She knew the law of the Spirit and had observed that it flowed from the person of Jesus and healed the sick. 
She was convinced it must also be present in his clothing, so she reasoned, If I could put just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She did so. She was healed of a 12-year sickness that had baffled physicians and left her in poverty. Matthew 9.20 Jesus was aware that someone had been healed. He turned and asked who it was, Peter said. See how the multitude is thronging you and jostling you? But Jesus answered, Someone has touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. Jesus was aware of the outflow. Mark five twenty four through 34 The woman was aware of the reception. The healing was a fact. Here, faith and the power of God were apparent. It was a veritable chemical reaction. Healing always is. I believe the reason people do not see the possibilities of divine healing is that they are not aware of its scientific aspects. The grace and love of God in the soul opens the nature to God. The Spirit of God resounds as the sunlight and banishes darkness. Article 9 Jesus uses science to heal afflicted. Mrs. John W. Gowdy of Chico writes, How can you speak of divine healing as scientific if healing is through the atonement of Jesus Christ? How can the matter of atonement and grace be considered scientific? Atonement through the grace of God is scientific in its application. Jesus used many methods of healing the sick. All were scientific. Science is the discovery of how God does things. Jesus laid his hands upon the sick in obedience to the law of contact and transmission. Contact of his hands with the sick one permitted the Spirit of God in him to flow into the sick man. The sick woman who touched the hem of his garment found that the Spirit of men emanated from this person. She touched the hem of his garment and the Spirit flashed into her. She was made whole. That was a scientific process. Paul, knowing this law, laid hands upon handkerchiefs and aprons. The Bible says that when they were laid upon the sick, they were healed, and the demons went out of those possessed. Materialists have said this was superstition. It is entirely scientific. The Spirit of God emanating from Paul's transformed the handkerchief into storage batteries of Holy Spirit power. When they were laid upon the sick, they surcharged the body, and healing was the result. Acts 19.12 this demonstrates, firstly, the Spirit of God is a tangible substance, heavenly materiality. Secondly, it is capable of being stored in the substance of a handkerchief, as demonstrated in the garments of Jesus, or in the handkerchief of Paul. Thirdly, it will transmit power from handkerchief to the sick person. Fourthly, its action in the sick man was so powerful the disease departed. The demonized, demonized also were relieved. Fifthly, fifthly, both, fifthly, both the sick and the insane were healed by this method. While the scientific mind always asks how and why, it is not necessary for the soul-designed Christ touch or blessing to have any knowledge of the scientific process by which healing or salvation is accomplished. Jesus said, He that receiveth me, Men receive a Jesus into the heart of one receive it a lover. 
It is an affectionate relationship. Men obey him because they love him. They obey him because they have received him affectionately. He has become their sole lover. His love and power in them redeems them from sin and sickness. And eventually we are promised in his word, he will redeem us from death also. Redemption from sin, sickness, and death constitutes man's deliverance from bondage. So Satan and his kingdom and establishes the kingdom of heaven. And that's at end page 362. Thank you for listening. We move on to the next one. Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah. The fear nots of Isaiah. 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text. Five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us. For it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relation to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three, the strength he promises to give us, I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five. His upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One... I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things. Romans 8.32 After Calvary, anything, he says, Thou art mine. We are his property. He will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we should not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. 
The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. The word will take, folks. It has taken. And that's why we're here listening. We're being fertilized. Hallelujah. These, these are some more fear knots. In Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, He comforts His children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When He comes in, all the interests of His good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1 through 5. In this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12 to 13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke one forty nine. And that's okay. The other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could build a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. Isaiah 25.1 says, Lord, You are my God, and I praise you, and I bless your name. For you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own. Thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of of a true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son. John 17.23 We should not be put to shame nor be confounded. Isaiah 54.4 Reason number two we should fear not is 
his covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54, 9. Many Christians are under the law, and they look to God as though they ever expect to a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine his failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us, and God in his great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. He promised us his protection care, 5417. There will be enemies, there will be temptations. He wants our spirit so embodied to be preserved blameless unto his coming, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10.19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8.33-34, I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact. The things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casteth out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4.16 Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spiritual and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promises his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. And those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again. 500 times. Get them into your heart. 
We receive the gift of righteousness, Romans 5, 17. Write them 500 times to get them in your heart. To accept, I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth, Romans 8, 33, 34. I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, thank you, fear, you just reminded me to start praising the Lord that I have an advocate that I have a way out and that's the love of God thank you fear you just remind me to thank God for his love to bring love into the scene and before you know it that suggestion of fear will dissipate it will run like the dickens over the hill Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text, five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us, for it says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relation to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three, the strength he promises to give us, I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five. His upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee. 
with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things, Romans 8.32. After Calvary, anything, he says, Thou art mine, we are his property, he will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour, we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we shall not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we shall not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. The word will take, folks. It has taken And that's why we're here listening. We're being fertilized. Hallelujah. These these are some more fear knots. In Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1-5 In this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12 to 13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke one forty nine, And that's... Okay, the other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. 
If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could have built a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. Isaiah 25 1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name. For you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own Thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of a true, of a true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son, John seventeen twenty three. We should not be put to shame nor be confounded, Isaiah 54, 4. Reason number two we should fear not is his covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be Wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54, 9. Many Christians are under the law, and they look to God as though they ever expect to a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine his failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us, and God in his great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. He promised us his protection care, 5417. There will be enemies, there will be temptations. He wants our spirit so embodied to be preserved blameless until his coming, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10.19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30 We receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17 Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8.33-34 I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept. God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? 
some considerations that will help us rid of fear, the fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact the things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4.16 Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spiritual and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promises his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. And those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again. 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17 Write them 500 times and get them in your heart. Except I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Romans 8, 34. I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, Thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord, that I have an advocate, that I have a way out. And that's the love of God. Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love, to bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill.
Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text, five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us, for it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relation to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three, the strength he promises to give us I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five. His upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things, Romans 8.32. After Calvary, anything, he says, thou art mine. We are his property. He will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour, we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we should not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us the word will take folks it has taken and that's why we're here listening we're being fertilized hallelujah these these are some more fear knots in Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. 
The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1-5 In this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12-13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke 149. And that's... Okay, the other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could build a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. Isaiah 25.1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name. For you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own. Thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of, true, of a true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son, John seventeen twenty three. We should not be put to shame nor be confounded, Isaiah 54, 4. Reason number two we should fear not is his covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54, 9. Many Christians are under the law, and they look to God as though they ever expect to a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine His failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us, and God in His great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. 
He promised us his protection, care, 5417. There will be enemies, there will be temptations. He wants our spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless until his coming, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10.19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8.33-34, I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact the things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casteth out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4.16 Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. And those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again. 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17. Write them 500 times to get them in your heart. Except I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Romans 8, 34 I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves.
The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, Thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord. That I have an advocate. That I have a way out. And that's the love of God. Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love. To bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill. Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text, five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us, for it says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relation to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three, the strength he promises to give us, I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five. His upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One... I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. 
The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things, Romans 8.32. After Calvary, anything, he says, Thou art mine, we are his property, he will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour, we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we should not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. The word will take, folks. It has taken And that's why we're here listening. We're being fertilized. Hallelujah. These these are some more fear knots. In Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1-5 In this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12-13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke 149. And that's... Okay, the other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could have built a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. 
Luke 149. Isaiah 25.1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name, for you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own, thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of of a true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son, John 17, 23. We should not be put to shame nor be confounded, Isaiah 54, 4. Reason number two we shall fear not is his covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54, 9. Many Christians are under the law and they look to God as though they ever expect to f- a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine his failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us and God in his great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. He promised us his protection care, 5417. There will be enemies, there will be temptations. He wants our spirit so embodied to be preserved blameless unto his coming, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10.19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8.33-34, I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact the things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. 
The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casteth out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4, 16. Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spiritual and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promises his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. And those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again. 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17 Write them 500 times to get them in your heart. Except I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Romans 8, 34 I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, Thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord, that I have an advocate, that I have a way out. And that's the love of God. Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love, to bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill. Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah. The fear nots of Isaiah. 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text. 
Five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us. For it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relations to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three. The strength he promises to give us, I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five, his upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things, Romans 8.32. After Calvary, anything, he says, Thou art mine, we are his property, he will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour, we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we should not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. The word will take, folks. It has taken. And that's why we're here listening. We're being fertilized. Hallelujah. These, these are some more fear nots. In Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, He comforts His children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When He comes in, all the interests of His good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1 through 5. In this passage, 
He comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12-13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke 149. And that's... Okay, the other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could have built a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. Isaiah 25 1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name. For you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own. Thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of a true, of a true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son, John seventeen twenty three. We should not be put to shame nor be confounded, Isaiah 54, 4. Reason number two we shall fear not is his covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54, 9. Many Christians are under the law, and they look to God as though they ever expect to a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine his failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us, and God in his great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. He promised us his protection care, 5417. There will be enemies, there will be temptations. He wants our spirit so embodied to be preserved blameless unto his coming, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon, 
It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10, 19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8, 33, 34. I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact that things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casteth out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4, 16. Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promises his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this and those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again, 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness, Romans 5.17. Write them 500 times to get them in your heart. To accept, I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth, Romans 8.33-34. I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies. And if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, Thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord. 
that I have an advocate, that I have a way out. And that's the love of God. Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love, to bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill. Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text, five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us, for it says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relations to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three, the strength he promises to give us, I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five. His upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One... I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things, Romans 8.32. After Calvary, anything, he says, thou art mine, we are his property, he will take care of his property. Reason number two, the why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. 
In the dark hour we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we should not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. The word will take, folks. It has taken. And that's why we're here listening. We're being fertilized. Hallelujah. These, these are some more fear knots. In Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1 through 5. In this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12 to 13, There's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscience instead of power conscience. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is his name. Luke 149. And that's... Okay, the other fear. Fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could have built a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. Isaiah 25.1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name, for you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, 
even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own, thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of of a true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son, John 17:23. We should not be put to shame nor be confounded, Isaiah 54:4. Reason number 2 we should fear not is his covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54:9. Many Christians are under the law and they look to God as though they ever expect to a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine his failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us and God in his great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. He promised us his protection care, 54.17. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spirit so embodied to be preserved blameless unto his coming, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10.19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8.33.34, I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact the things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casteth out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4.16
Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promises his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. And those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again. 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17. Write them 500 times and get them in your heart. Except I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Romans 8, 34. I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, Thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord, that I have an advocate, that I have a way out. And that's the love of God. Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love, to bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill. Isaiah, the fear knots of Isaiah. The fear knots of Isaiah. 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text. Five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us. For it says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relation to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. 
Reason number three. The strength he promises to give us, I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five, his upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things, Romans 8, 32. After Calvary, anything, he says, Thou art mine, we are his property, he will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour, we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we should not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. The word will take, folks. It has taken. And that's why we're here listening. We're being fertilized. Hallelujah. These, these are some more fear knots. In Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1 through 5. In this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12 to 13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. 
It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke 149. And that's... Okay, the other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could have built a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. Isaiah 25 1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name. For you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own. Thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of of a true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son. John 17.23 we should not be put to shame, nor be confounded. Isaiah 54.4 Reason number two we shall fear not is His covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54.9 Many Christians are under the law, and they look to God as though they ever expect to a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine his failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us, and God in his great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. He promised us his protection care, 5417. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10.19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. 
We claim it. We believe it. We take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8, 33, 34. I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact that things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4, 16. Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promises his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. Those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again, 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness, Romans 5, 17. Write them 500 times and get them in your heart. To accept, I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifies it, Romans 8, 33, 34. I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies. And if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord, that I have an advocate, that I have a way out. And that's the love of God. Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love, to bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill.
Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text, five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us, for it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relations to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three, the strength he promises to give us I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five. His upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things, Romans 8.32. After Calvary, anything, he says, thou art mine. We are his property. He will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour, we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we shall not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us the word will take folks it has taken and that's why we're here listening we're being fertilized hallelujah these these are some more fear knots in Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. 
The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1-5 In this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12-13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke one forty nine, And that's... Okay, the other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could build a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. Isaiah 25.1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name. For you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own. Thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of a true true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son, John 17.23. We should not be put to shame nor be confounded, Isaiah 54.4. Reason number two we should fear not is his covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54.9 Many Christians are under the law and they look to God as though they ever expect to a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine His failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us and God in His great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. 
He promised us his protection, care, 54:17. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming, 1 Thessalonians 5:23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10, 19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8.33-34, I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact. The things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casteth out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4.16 Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spiritual and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promises his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. And those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again. 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17 Write them 500 times to get them in your heart. Except I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Romans 8, 34. I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are 
always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, Thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord. That I have an advocate. That I have a way out. And that's the love of God. Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love. To bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill. Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text, five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us, for it says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relation to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three, the strength he promises to give us, I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five. His upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One... I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. 
He will freely give us all things, Romans 8.32. After Calvary, anything, he says, Thou art mine, we are his property, he will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we shall not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. The word will take, folks. It has taken. And that's why we're here listening. We're being fertilized. Hallelujah. These, these are some more fear knots. In Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1 through 5. In this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12 to 13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke one forty nine. And that's okay. The other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could have built a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. 
Isaiah 25.1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name, for you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own, thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of of a true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son, John 17, 23. We should not be put to shame, nor be confounded. Isaiah 54.4 Reason number two we should fear not is His covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54.9 Many Christians are under the law, and they look to God as though they ever expect to a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine his failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us, and God in his great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. He promised us his protection care, 5417. There will be enemies, there will be temptations. He wants our spirit so embodied to be preserved blameless unto his coming, First Thessalonians 5.23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10.19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17 Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8.33-34 I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept. God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact the things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. 
Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4.16 Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spiritual and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promises his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. And those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again. 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17 Write them 500 times and get them in your heart. Except I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Romans 8, 34. I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, Thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord, that I have an advocate, that I have a way out. And that's the love of God. Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love, to bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill. Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah. The fear nots of Isaiah. 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text. Five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us. For it says, 
Fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relations to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three, the strength he promises to give us I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five. His upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things, Romans 8.32. After Calvary, anything, he says, thou art mine. We are his property. He will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour, we know his consolations. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we shall not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us the word will take folks it has taken and that's why we're here listening we're being fertilized hallelujah these these are some more fear knots in Isaiah 44, 1-5, He comforts His children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When He comes in, all the interests of His good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1-5, in this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. 
The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When He comes in, all the interests of His good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12-13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke 149. And that's... Okay, the other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could have built a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. Isaiah 25.1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name. For you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own. Thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of true of a true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son, John seventeen twenty three. We should not be put to shame nor be confounded. Isaiah fifty four four. Reason number two we shall fear not is his covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54, 9. Many Christians are under the law, and they look to God as though they ever expect to a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine His failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us, and God in His great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between his heart and ours. He promised us his protection care, 5417. There will be enemies, there will be temptations. He wants our spirit so embodied to be preserved blameless unto his coming, First Thessalonians 5.23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10.19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8, 33, 34. I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact the things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casteth out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4.16 Folks, he promises protection. There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spiritual and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. And those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again. 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17. Write them 500 times and get them in your heart. Except I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Romans 8, 34. I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, Thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord, that I have an advocate, that I have a way out. And that's the love of God. 
Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love, to bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill. Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, the fear nots of Isaiah, 41, chapter 41, verses 10 through 14. Fear not appears three times in this text, five reasons we should not fear. One, God's presence is with us, for it says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. His companionship under all circumstances and all places guarantees our safety. Number two, God's relations to us as our God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He gives himself to us. We have the use of his name, folks. Reason number three, the strength he promises to give us, I will strengthen thee. This is actually imparted strength to us. Very important. Imparted strength to us. Number four. He promises of help. Yeah, I will help thee. Not only does he give us actual strength, but he adds his strength to us. Thank you, God. Number five. His upholding. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is more than strength, more than help. It is God undertaking the entire responsibility for our care. In Isaiah 43, 1 and 7, four reasons to fear not. Four reasons to fear not. One... I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. The fact he has purchased us with the precious blood should be enough to guarantee every blessing we need. He will freely give us all things, Romans 8.32. After Calvary, anything, he says, thou art mine, we are his property, he will take care of his property. Reason number two, why we should not fear. He promises to go with us through the waters and the fires. In the dark hour, we know his consolations. 
Thou hast known my soul in adversities, Psalm 31, 7. The consolation of God far outweighs the pressure of our troubles. Reason number three, why we should not fear. Isaiah 43, 3 and 4. There is a suggestion here of the infinite pains and trouble that God has had with us. He is not likely to fail us. Nothing can work against his will. Reason number four, why we should not fear. He promises spiritual fruit. The seed we sow may seem to perish, but we shall all come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. The word will take, folks. It has taken. And that's why we're here listening. We're being fertilized. Hallelujah. These, these are some more fear knots. In Isaiah 44, 1 through 5, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good costs are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. Isaiah 44, 1 through 5. In this passage, he comforts his children with promises of great spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is the best antidote to our fears. When he comes in, all the interests of his good cause are safe and all fears are turned to thanksgiving and rejoicing. In Isaiah 51, 12-13, there's two reasons here. This passage shows the sin of fear. It is an act of unbelief. It leads us to forget the Lord our Maker. It comes because people are problem conscious instead of power conscious. Remember, the Lord has done great things, powerful things. Holy is His name. Luke 149. And that's... Okay, the other fear, fear of the oppressor is foolishness. If you fear the oppressor, that's foolishness. People are worried about things that never come to pass. What a waste of a life to worry. And all it is is a mere habit. We could have built a mere habit to believe and to praise God, to have love. This would have been our operating system, Lucas 149, if we would have learned this as a child. For he has done great things for me, powerful things for me. Luke 149. Isaiah 25.1 says, Lord, you are my God, and I praise you and I bless your name, for you have realized to me admirable plains, fields securely, even from times of old. 
In Isaiah 54, 4 and 17, there's four great reasons are given for fear not. His personal relation to his own, thy maker is thy husband. The husband cherishes his wife even at the cost of his life. The love of a true true wife is stronger than death. God loves his children equally with his son, John 17, 23. We should not be put to shame nor be confounded, Isaiah 54, 4. Reason number two we shall fear not is his covenant and oath. So I have sworn that I will not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54.9 Many Christians are under the law and they look to God as though they ever expect to f- a frown or a blow. We should live in such a perfect love that we could not imagine His failing us or forgetting us. Christ has died for us and God in His great love is striving to get us to forget that there ever was sin between His heart and ours. He promised us his protection, care, 5417. There will be enemies, there will be temptations. He wants our spirit so embodied to be preserved blameless unto his coming, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon. It corresponds with the declaration in Jesus in Luke 10.19. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It simply means God will protect us from all the sickness and crippling diseases of the devil. It does not include the category of suffering that Jesus suffered for righteousness' sake. Reason to fear not, he promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. We claim it, we believe it, we take it. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to blame us? It is God that has justified us, cleared us up. Romans 8.33-34, I have accepted. The key, folks, is accepting. Open up your heart and accept God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Some considerations that will help us rid of fear. The fear that torments. The devil fears are always falsehood. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns to fact that things we fear. Fear is dangerous. It turns into fact the things we fear. It creates evil just as faith creates good. The remedy for fear is faith and love. Perfect love casteth out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Love is made perfect because we dwell in him who is love. 1 John 4.16 Folks, he promises protection. 
There will be enemies. There will be temptations. He wants our spiritual and body to be preserved blameless unto his coming. He promised us his own righteousness. Jesus is made unto his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 Write that down for an hour or two over and over again. I say, I accept this. And those are called principles. Write these principles down over and over again. 500 times. Get them into your heart. We receive the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17 Write them 500 times to get them in your heart. Except I am easily and happily receiving the gift of righteousness. Who shall lay anything to charge to God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Romans 8, 34. I have accepted God's gift of righteousness. Who can charge me with unrighteousness? Including our memory, our habits, ourselves. The devil's fears, remember, they are always falsehoods. His suggestions are always lies, and if lies, they cannot harm. If fear comes from Satan, then we conclude there is nothing to fear. If a fear comes, tell that fear, Thank you, fear. You just reminded me to start praising the Lord, that I have an advocate, that I have a way out. And that's the love of God. Thank you, fear. You just remind me to thank God for his love, to bring love into the scene. And before you know it, that suggestion of fear will dissipate. It will run like the dickens over the hill. <laughs>